Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Blair Telemeyer of Pharmapreneur Academy. I am so excited today to welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Genevieve Johnson, who is the Central Regional Director of Pharmacy Acquisition for the Retail Independent Segment of Cardinal Health, as well as Eden Salser, the Director of Cardinal Health Women in Pharmacy Initiative. Thank you guys so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I am excited to talk to you. I'll give everyone, uh, the listeners, a little bit of background. Today, the day that we're recording this, is International Women's Day. So when we first connected, we got to talking about women in pharmacy and the Cardinal Health Initiative to help women in pharmacy either start their own independent businesses or just move forward with their entrepreneurial endeavors. So can you tell us a little bit about the opportunities that exist in entrepreneurship and community pharmacy today for women in pharmacy? Absolutely, Blair. So we um, we really saw an opportunity, um, in particular in the retail independent um, community, where there's there's a demographic shift um, certainly going on in um, a lot of those pharmacies. A good portion of them are are owned by men who are nearing retirement. Um, it really um, and those community pharmacies play such a critical role. In, in delivering care to both urban and rural communities. And we think who better than to step into those opportunities um, than women. Um, and women are now um, really the, the majority uh, of pharmacists. Women make up more than 57% of pharmacists. And we believe um, based on the success that women have had um, as independent pharmacy owners, um, we feel very um, excited and, and really feel it is our, our mission and our duty to help more women um, seize that opportunity to be pillars of their community, to be healthcare providers, and, and are just very um, excited and pleased to be able to do, to do these things and grow a, a very exciting, dynamic community of, of women. Right, and one statistic that you gave me that I I was very surprised at, so pharmacy is right now at 57% um, predominantly female pharmacists, but the ownership uh, level among female pharmacists is in the 20% range, so that's a huge gap, a huge opportunity there in the market that exists. That's right. Um, that's right. And we, um, we've seen, we haven't seen a lot of progress. And that's where we really started asking some questions around what are the barriers that women face and, and how can we help? How can we address some of those, some of those barriers and bring in tools and resources? And um, we've got a long way to go, but I am encouraged um, 
when I talk with, um, we're starting to get more and more calls and emails and, and people who are saying, I heard about this women in pharmacy program or I, I've been thinking about opening up a, up a business and um, but I want to talk to somebody. And that's where we really can jump in and, and facilitate um, conversations, mentorships, um, women are visiting each other at their pharmacies, trying to learn more about new things they can be doing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there we still have um, a lot of ways to go. And in some ways, I think that um, pharmacy is changing, and there's many ways to be an entrepreneur in pharmacy, as you know, Blair. And mm-hmm. and owning a brick and mortar pharmacy is one, but you know, certainly lots of other neat opportunities like telepharmacy, consulting. Um, I, I think, you know, there's so much need for primary care um, for, you know, in our communities. And as I, I like to say, who better to serve them than female pharmacists? I absolutely agree. And, you know, that that's one thing that I do in my work is finding pharmacists who are doing things differently. They're, you know, adding health and wellness consulting services in their community pharmacy, or they're doing pharmacogenomic testing services in a physician's office setting. So, you know, part of my job as, you know, a host here on the pharmacy podcast and a teacher at the Pharmapreneur Academy is to find these stories and to find these women and these pharmacists who are using their knowledge and, and, really making an impact on their patients in totally new ways. So, you know, just talking with these people, it's so inspiring. One of the, the pharmacies here I work with locally in Arkansas, um, after, you know, me sharing just a few simple business tips about how to get started with a cash-based service, she decided that she wanted to offer fertility counseling uh, to to women who are trying to conceive in her local area. And, you know, just it's something that had been kind of brewing in the back of her mind for a long time. But what she really needed was, you know, that, that push and that permission and hearing that other people were doing it and that it was okay to, you know, kind of figure things out along the way that she didn't have to have all the answers. But um, I think that, it gave her the inspiration and the motivation to move forward. So I think that's really important, um, a really important reason why we need to share our stories and our ideas with each other as well. Agree. And that really is, you know, what women in pharmacy brings to the table. And we, we're facilitators, um, but the three things we like to talk about are information, inspiration, and network. And um, we've seen uh, women come together and problem solve and really boost each other up, learn from each other, um, pilot things um and you know we we put some some tools out there some events some resources and um women are are taking these things and and running with them so collaboration is is something that we get to see on a daily basis where um there's a lot of cooperation everybody you know it's everybody wants to help and see each other succeed um, and there's many different ways to succeed, as you mentioned. Cre- you know, pharmacy is 
can be very creative. There's there's a lot of needs. There's a lot of opportunities with clinical services, and um, I, I think it's a very exciting time to to be a pharmacist. It definitely, I I really I love hearing all the stories of what the different pharmacists in in, in you guys have a women in pharmacy Facebook group that it's it's very active. It's you know a lot of women sharing ideas and what's working for them. So it's very exciting to see these new models of clinical pharmacy and seeing how people are putting their own creative spin on them. So can you talk a little bit more about uh, the specific networking opportunities that you guys provide for women in pharmacy? I sure can. So you mentioned our, our Facebook community, um, which has really grown over the years, and, and it's, it's owners, it's pharmacy students, it's, it's um, pharmacy professors and technicians and, and everyone in between, and um, everyone is welcome to join and contribute. Uh, we also have uh, events that we hold across the country. Um, at associations, state pharmacy associations, as well as um, the trade associations like APHA and NCPA and others. And we hold networking events where we bring together people in a room and it's kind of like speed networking, owners meeting, aspiring owners, students meeting other students. Um, and, and really we've seen some neat relationships form out of those, out of those networking events where people will say, hey, I know that you were interested in, you know, getting a job or, or getting some experience in X, and and I thought of you when I met you at, at that event, and and things are happening. The other um, the other opportunity we have are what we call our pharmacy ownership uh, boot camps, um, and uh, Jen is is a partner of mine in those where we're educating people, men and women on what does it take um, to own a pharmacy? Uh, what are sort of the aspects of entrepreneurship? Um, you know, how do you know that it's the right path for you? And then what does it look like in terms of how much money do you need? What are the different ways to do it? Um, and then we, we always end with a, a panel discussion of owners who share their tips and tools and um, and you know, um, really can help encourage maybe some people that are sitting on the fence about whether or not it's the right path. So those are all different different opportunities that we have to, to help people connect. It sounds like a, that would be a very helpful service for, you know, the, the pharmacist out there who's kind of always thought, you know, what would ownership be like? So, so having those boot camps – Jen, can you talk a little bit about what those boot camps are like and how pharmacists can really start building their business acumen? Definitely. Thank you, Blair. So number one, we want our buyers to have a plan. Okay, Mm -hmm. so who is on their team? Do they have attorneys, CPA, wholesaler partners, business partners, you know, mentorship through the WIN program? But we really need a plan of your team, a plan of your business, right? Have you looked, if you're looking at the different paths to ownership, so are you going to purchase an existing pharmacy or start up a pharmacy? Have you looked at junior partnerships or maybe it's going to be purchase an investment pharmacy? So once you've decided on that path of ownership, 
then we need to build a financial plan. And that financial plan can include a business plan. It can include financial projections. And then, as you talked about earlier, really exploring those niche markets and services. So we're not just a retail independent pharmacy filling prescriptions. We're really diversifying. So the next really big piece to the puzzle is where does the person want to live and operate their business? And location, location, or location, unfortunately, sometimes is a drawback. So we have a 1,000 pharmacies transitioning a year, and I may have a list of 10 to 20 potential women, um, you know, entrepreneurial, but unfortunately, they don't always match location, right? Not everyone wants to move in the middle of rural America, or maybe metropolitan isn't their calling. So really, truly understanding, you know, where do you want to operate, who's going to be on my team, and what is my financial plan? That's step one. So I I definitely agree, you know, thinking about what your long-term goals are as far as, um, you know, do you need to have an exit strategy or is this an investment? Will you be working full-time in the pharmacy or, uh, you know, is this something where you want to work part-time and try to open um, multiple locations or work in a physician's office doing collaborative practice? at the same time as owning your pharmacy, it seems like there are really so many options. I guess if, if I was a pharmacist trying to think about, you know, what, what should my absolute first step be in trying to figure out, do, do I want to move forward with this? It's, it's a really big decision. So what should I sit down and, and, consider and think about just as you mentioned you know location and and time spent in the pharmacy what are those things that I should be thinking about before moving forward with opening my own or or buying my own pharmacy well we honestly like the path of purchasing an existing pharmacy the best because we have there's all these unknowns of owning a business right and risk and we feel like by purchasing existing pharmacy you can mitigate that risk We already know the revenue of the business. We know the gross profit. We know the expenses. And when you go to buy that business, we're going to know your annualized debt payment. So by looking at all those pieces to the puzzle from day one, we can know exactly how much cash you're going to have in the business after you pay your own expenses. And unfortunately, in some of the other scenarios, we can project those, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to meet your projections. So we recommend looking at purchasing an existing pharmacy for that reason. And once you do decide, let's say you decide I'm going to purchase an existing pharmacy, then really truly the onus is on you. You want to locate a pharmacy in your region of what you want to live. And it's up to you to find the pharmacy. Right now, buyers outnumber sellers in the marketplace. So you as a buyer have to distinguish yourself uh, and, you know, get comfortable with the owner and let them know you're going to continue on with the legacy of their business, the employees, the town. So once you become familiar with the pharmacy and the ownership, then we're going to approach that owner and perform due diligence. So during part of buying a pharmacy is coming up with a value of the pharmacy. And that pharmacy valuation needs to support the debt payment. And so there's about 15 different ways in the marketplace to value a pharmacy. But you as a buyer and the one the seller wants to also look at is really a a multiple of cash flow. 
So we're going to look at an existing pharmacy. We're going to look at three years of financial statements. We're going to come out to what the cash flow is the business right after we normalize expenses. That means we've looked at the tax returns and we've normalized anything that's out of the ordinary. And really, Blair, we had a pharmacy that had a delivery plane as a vehicle in their pharmacy. So a plane? What I mean about normalized. (laughs) Wow. Not every pharmacy needs a delivery plane unless maybe you're in Alaska and you're delivering to different islands. But really, we're going to add that expense back in to come up with the true cash flow of the business. And so truly, people always ask me, well, what's a pharmacy worth? And these three things never match, but really it's what a seller is willing to sell it for. What is a buyer willing to pay for it? And then what is the lender willing to invest in it? So we want to help, you know, guide you through this experience and bring all the experts to the table so you can make, you know, your most educated decision and the seamless transition of ownership. Yeah. So I know that was a lot of information. (laughs) No, it, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. And I mean, I think for me, like one of my main concerns would be, you know, I just got out of all this pharmacy student loan debt. I'm now getting myself into, uh, you know, a possibly multi-million dollar loan to buy this existing pharmacy. What are some financing options for me to, in order to help me get this pharmacy off the ground? So there's tons of different financing options. Uh, The ones that we typically look at is going to be like a conventional lender, your local bank, right? Mm -hmm. They lend to pharmacies. They lend for pharmacy acquisitions. Then we have SBA lenders. There's two specifically that we work with, Live Oak Bank and First Financial. Mm -hmm. And they have pharmacy lending divisions, right? So they understand pharmacy lending. They understand this idea of goodwill that you're going to buy for the pharmacy. And then the third one being wholesalers. A lot of wholesalers, if you can't meet those other requirements from the other lending, wholesalers will actually um, lend for pharmacies. Now, you're, you're saying, yes, I'm getting in multi-million dollar debt. The average pharmacy is going to sell between 800000 and a million. That's oh, okay. going to be the goodwill of the pharmacy plus inventory. So, yes, a million is a lot of dollars. But let's start talking about what does, you know, how much can an owner truly make? So when we look at the average pharmacy, this is someone selling 200 scripts a day. They have eight to 10 employees. Their annual revenue is about 3.6 million. Their net income is anywhere between three and 10%. So what does that mean for dollars? That means they're, and on average, the customers I speak with are earning $250,000. So their owner's salary of 125,000 and the pharmacy profit of 125,000. That's average. Our top ten wow. percent earn three hundred and seventy-five thousand. Wow! So that's yes, impressive. There's risk associated there, but yes, that's a good. That's a lot more than they can typically you can make in the chain setting. Right. Well, that's that's really interesting, and that would definitely be something that would help me feel more comfortable. Is having someone who's done this before. You know, you mentioned Live Oak Bank. I believe they're a sponsor of the Pharmacy Podcast as well. And having someone who has helped me, you know, can help me look at these financial statements and help me really understand what it is I'm looking at. So, you know, we talked about um, a, a few 
points for like the transitional planning for someone who's ready to sell, but looking at it kind of backwards, you would want to, you know, see these financial statements and start a relationship with the seller and then really start thinking about what are the, the value and the key drivers that are influencing price. So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you guys would also help the pharmacy buyer and the seller, I guess, walk through this process and, you know, make them feel comfortable with it. It's probably something that someone only does once in their lifetime, but, but you guys have a lot more experience and you can help these pharmacists move through this process more uh, efficiently. Yeah, no, definitely Blair. So, um, my, this is all my team does is really keep independence independent and we want to match make buyers and sellers. So in my two years of the, in this role, I've looked over, over 300 sets of financials. So I'm very familiar with what the pharmacy financials look like, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, <laughs> but truly we want to be your partner through this process. So we're going to, we could sit down together. We can deep dive into the financials. We have an analysis that we create that really gives us three different values of pharmacy based on key performance indicators. So what is makes a pharmacy more valuable? We're going to have above average gross profit, so over 23%. We're going to have reasonable payroll, so under 10% payroll. And we're going to have a greater net operating income or it's sometimes referred to as EBITDA. And we like to see that over 6%. So we're going to sit down, look at the KPIs. Do we have solid growth trends? Are we, are we diversified, whether we're filling compounds? Maybe we're in a little bit of long-term care, boarding care. Are we selling front-end sales? So diversification, mm-hmm. right? So looking at the different pieces of what the pharmacy is doing and, and looking to see, does this make it more valuable or less valuable? And the bank's going to do the same thing, Blair. They, no one wants to loan money right. on pharmacy for it to fail. And in the FDA business world, pharmacy lending is the one with the least default rate. Wow. SBA lending is usually over 10 years, and pharmacies are paid off on average of eight years. Wow. That's something to be proud of then. Yeah, no, Definitely. I, we, I just love working with independent pharmacies and what we want to be an additional resource as they go through either making the decision to buy, right? Mm-hmm. Or whether it's their decision to sell their business. Right. And it's never really too early to start planning. So even if someone is not going to sell for three to five years, we like that window. Let's say you're not going to buy for three to five years. Again, we want... As a seller, we want to make sure you're educated to know what your pharmacy's worth now, but what do you need it to be worth at when you sell, right? So we can start making sure you have the financial fitness to support that price. Mm-hmm. But as a buyer, we can familiarize yourself with all these different lingos that are the business acumen of pharmacy, right? You come out of school, you're, you're experts at MTM, you're experts at the clinical side, but truly now let's get your feet wet for the business. And that's how our team and Eden's team with women in pharmacy, that's what we're here for. I think that's a huge part of it too. You know, one thing that, that I've done a lot in my business is just listening to, to podcasts that have to do with, 
business and marketing and, and listening. I, I don't read books anymore, but I listen to them in my car. So I, I count that as reading books. But, you know, I, I just listened to another one the other day on, on Built to Sell, and it was kind of along the same lines as, you know, making sure that you have trained staff members that, you know, other people can step in to do your job. And, and it was just, it was a brilliant book about how to put processes and systems in place. So these little nuggets, I think, that you guys have shared today are so helpful, not just for you know, women in pharmacy who are wanting to own their own store one day, but just women in general who are looking to build a business that that can, you know, offer some creative outlets for us or, or can, you know, help us supplement our income so that we can, you know, have that extra vacation each year or something like that. So, I, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. And, you know, can you... Eden, talk a little bit about, you know, how people can find you guys, how people can get in touch and, and learn more, and even where they can come to join the, the free Women in Pharmacy Facebook group. Absolutely, Blair. So um, on the Cardinal Health website, um, www.cardinalhealth.com, you can put Women in Pharmacy right into the search and um, navigate out to our website. We've got videos. Um, we've got uh, testimonials um, and other information. And on that, there are links to join um, the Women in Pharmacy uh, Facebook page. Also, if you go right into Facebook and do a search on Cardinal Health Women in Pharmacy, it is one of the groups. And um, you can just click um, and request to join and um and we will let you right in, and, and from there you can start interacting with women in pharmacy. So those are probably the easiest ways to go about it, the Facebook page and um, the Cardinal Health website, which has information on both women in pharmacy and uh, pharmacy transition services. Well, thank you very much. We'll put those links in the show notes and on the website as well so that everyone, uh, you know, if you're driving in your car listening right now, that you can just check out the pharmacy podcast show notes or we'll have it on our blog as well. We'll link back to the Cardinal website and also the women in pharmacy Facebook group. So Jen and Eden, I want to thank you guys both for being here with me on international women's day and talking about women in pharmacy. It was, it was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm very excited about the work you guys are doing and um, I really appreciate what you're doing to help women pharmacists. Thank you, Blair. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at pharmacypodcast.com.